Well, good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from WSIC, the Real Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from Ocho Rios, Jamaica, to Smyrna, South Carolina, population 58. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. My guests today are Mayor Christy Clark with the town of Huntersville, Anthony Roberts, our town manager, and my producer, Bill Blakely. Uh, Bill, you ever heard of Smyrna? I, I feel like I've driven through it. Now, I'm more familiar <laughs> with Smyrna, Georgia. <laughs> Smyrna is in York County, South Carolina, really ta small town, 58 people. As a matter of fact, they have Moore's Lawnmower, Lawnmower and Repair and Tax Service. So you can actually go get your lawnmower repaired and get your taxes done at the same time. It's, it's really kind of small town. Um, <laughs> they also, you know, it's the Tri-Cities JCs. the way I know Smyrna is, is Tri-Cities JCs, which was Smyrna, Hickory Grove, and Sharon. They cooked hash there. You ever had hash? You know what you know what hash is? Oh, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Okay, so hash is like a, a shredded, shredded beef. It's got butter in it. It's got onion in it. Um, they were having Hopewell days for, for 100 years there, at least before COVID. 1,500 pounds of hash mm. was produced. Mm. Could you get into some hash, Bill? I could definitely step into some hash, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like, in those parts, uh, the Hopewell hash day was very much like our Mallard Creek barbecue. And I know you were at Mallard Creek. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've uh, been there. How many times did you attend Mallard Creek? I've been there twice. Twice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aunt? Oh, I've had a couple times over the years for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Always a, a good time. Uh, my cousin actually, one of my cousins actually, once a month does barbecue and also does hash. So, Bill, I'll bring some hash in here and you and Justin can uh, sample that. I would look forward to it. Thank you. Um, on, a, on a little bit of a remorseful note, uh, earlier this week, we, we lost someone in Huntersville, uh, Linda Gift, uh, who was at one point what I call the guidance counselor, North Mecklenburg High School. She was career technical advisor, worked very closely uh, with the Chamber of Commerce on career days, uh, would uh, work with us on our, on our TED. Um, uh, we, had a, we had a scholarship for Ted, with Ted Solomon that we would provide to a North Mecklenburg High School student or any of our high schools. And Linda uh, finally succumbed to, to Alzheimer's, but uh, want to remember her, Greg, Joey, who's in my action club, uh, remember them in our, in our prayers. Christy, you are were, before you got this particular role, a guest teacher mm -hmm. uh, for Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools. What, what is a guest teacher, and was there a particular grade? Yeah, so um, at guest teacher is different at every school, but at my school, um, the two of us, we are there to assist in classrooms and with students that have maybe a little, need a little extra love or attention. Mm -hmm. And so we get assigned to those one-on-one -on -one and do those. We're also substitute if a teacher's out, um, since we're familiar with all the classrooms and all the curriculums and everything. Um, so I'm still actually still working there. And right now I'm in second grade and I'm assigned one-on-one -on -one to a student who has um, some special needs and just needs a one-on-one -on -one person with them. Um, and uh, it's it's a really great place. You cannot beat working at an elementary school. Um, it is a, you know, 900 kids that give you hugs every day. And uh, they were all pretty excited when I was elected to be mayor. And they all refer to me as Mayor Clark <laughs> instead of Mrs. Clark now. So it's a, um, you know, it's a really rewarding thing to do. And just to be there to assist with kids that need help and teachers that need help. Is there a subject that you teach? Um, well, second grade, you know, elementary schools, all the grades are in one. So um, my favorite, of course, would be literacy because I was an English major. But I can, you know, I've taught all the things, um, math, science and everything, PE, I've subbed for PE and um, technology, which is the computer lab, I've subbed in the media center. Uh, so, you know, you get to do all the things when you're a guest teacher. It's a lot of fun. How long have you been doing that? I started in November of 2021, so we were still in the kind of heavy part of COVID at that time, still masking, and that's when we really needed subs in schools because, you know, the people who had been subbing in the past were kind of reluctant to do that because for obvious reasons, and so the, um, CMS hired a bunch of um, guest teachers to help fill in, and, um, you know, that's kind of where we rolled in, and at that time, I would take over a classroom for like two <coughs> weeks while a teacher was out with COVID, and, um, you know, that was... Um, so I learned a lot quickly, but it's a great place to be. 
Did you have to have a teacher certification to be a guest teacher? You don't. Um, you get paid more if you do. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, um, I would never be put in charge of a thing that a certified teacher would be responsible for. Um, so I um, act more as a you know general sub like any other sub that would come in. But um have been there a long time now. So I've seen I've been through the curriculum in almost every grade and I'm familiar with what's going on in almost every classroom. So and where did you go to college? I went to Roanoke College in Salem, Virginia. I'm from Roanoke, Virginia, and so I went there um, not too far away. And, you know, as I mentioned, I was an English major, and um, that's my my area of interest. I'm still a literacy nerd, so I always have at least one or two books going. Anthony, you're a Virginia guy, right? I am. Did you go to the University of Virginia? Where'd you go? Uh, I know you're a Virginia yeah, guy. Bill, you know, and smart enough to go to UVA. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Grew up, you know, rural Virginia, and so UVA was sort of my thing. And uh, of course, I almost had to fight my younger brother because he went to Virginia Tech to play football. So, you know, they're like arch rivals. So, um, but I've always been a UVA fan, but actually ended up, uh, went to Lewisburg College, a two-year college outside of Raleigh. And then from there, I ended up at UNC Charlotte and uh, stayed here ever since. Got my four-year degree and master's at UNC Charlotte and never left. What was the town you grew up in? Uh, <laughs> Well, town, we'll say Crossroads. Crossroads. <laughs> crossroads. So this is how I got my NFL affiliation. The town was Dolphin, as in the fish, Dolphin, Virginia. So as a little kid, made sense to probably root for the Miami Dolphins. Not a lot to root for here lately. But um, uh, so the nearest town was Lawrenceville, Virginia. Right. Emporia, South Hill was probably the next two you know, uh, closest towns. But um, it was very rural, tobacco farmer. So Got 18, I said, uh, maybe I need to go get an education. And I decided to get an education and uh, leave the tobacco farming to someone else. My uh, ex-wife, who I affectionately refer to as plaintiff number one, there was a plaintiff number two, too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she was from, uh, her family was from Bracey, yeah. uh, Virginia. You know Bracey? Right there beside South Hill. Yeah, Very close. yeah exactly, exactly. So that's where her folks were from. Um, you, you founded a law uh, with the partnership with your mm -hmm. husband you mm -hmm. founded a law firm here in Huntersville yep. um with Chris what practice what kind of practice was it sure or is it it is still is yeah <clears throat> so um when i uh transitioned out of being a stay at home mom i went to duke university and got a certificate to be a paralegal and so went to work with him and so we founded that law firm um we primarily do business and corporate law and um trademark law. And then um, since I have a sense left, since I was in the General Assembly, he also has a whole branch of the of the um, law firm that is dedicated to disc golf. And so there's a lot going on with that, with a foundation and representing professional disc golf players and um, various things that um, I don't know much about because I don't play disc golf. Mm -hmm. But um, we have a whole branch of discgolf.law as well. Um, my specialty when I was there was focusing on um, forming corporations with the Secretary of State and filing trademark applications. And so um, that's kind of, we used to have a law firm in, or be a part of a law firm in Ballantyne. Mm -hmm. And that was when uh, 77 was under construction. And we very quickly realized we were going to either die, um, either was killing our souls or we were going to die on the roadway and we decided to move our, our law firm up here. So right now it's based in Cornelius um, and up right above 131 Main and um, has a thriving law firm over there. Uh, we, we've got about 30 seconds left. How big is the firm? There are currently two uh, full-time lawyers and about six support staff. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your role and, and House uh, District 98. That's kind of where you cut your teeth in terms of politics. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're going to come back and talk about that. And we're going to talk about some, some development and other uh, uh, issues facing Huntersville. Uh, come back and see us on Town Talk. Mayor, we are streaming live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and uh, Twitter. This is supposed to be SX, but I, I can't really get my hands around the whole Xing thing. Sure. Uh, but we're still live, and so we're, we're talking about some Chamber of Commerce activities. Uh, but the firm, I didn't realize the firm. I thought it was in Huntersville, but it's actually here in Cornelius. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And you said over at 131? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how do they... I, if I listen, if I smelled that hickory smoke every day at 131, because when you drive in there and you smell that, mm. uh, man, I tell you what, that just you just want to go into 131 and oh, yeah. park right well, there. It would be no work. Yeah, I got to tell you, they um, the staff at 131 Main know um, the orders of all of the, the law firm employees, what they want. Um, and my husband has a specialty that he likes. Well, he calls it um, 
think he calls it like the Oahu or the Hawaiian steak, but it's a steak that's been marinated in pineapple juice and really big. And so that's his favorite. And so sometimes he'll go there for lunch and bring me the leftovers for dinner. So Joe Douglas and his staff do a great job with that. They do. Um, Last year, the Chamber of Commerce in 2023, we had 52 ribbon cuttings. That's awesome. 52 ribbon cuttings, 33 professional development seminars, 98 networking events. We had two networking events a week uh, with the Chamber of Commerce. It was just an amazing year. Um, tomorrow, Thursday, January 19th, 3 o'clock to 4.30, we got David Dowdy. He's with Action Coach. And we're going to be talking about goal setting in 2024. Most people should have their goals. You set your goals in July. <laughs> you, you set the town goals way back then in terms of what you're going to accomplish. But most people, here we are in you know, getting into the second, third week of January they don't yet have their 2024 goals. So David Dowdy is going to be getting together with us, talking about getting clarity and getting unstuck. That's going to be at the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce tomorrow, 3 to 4.30. You can find out more information on our website. We do ask it to uh, RSVP. Uh, but those of you streaming with us, we're going back live on the radio in just a uh, couple of seconds. But we thank you for joining us uh, on live, and uh, thank you for being on Town Talk today. Now more Town Talk with Lake Norman Chamber President Bill Russell on 105.9, 100.7, WSIC. Local starts here. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. Today we have Christy Clark. She is our mayor for the town of Huntersville. Anthony Roberts, who is our town manager with the town. Uh, Christy, you started off your career House Seat District 98. Uh, what enticed you to run for the, the House Seat 98? Sure, yeah. So I was involved with an organization called Moms Demand Action, and that's um, an organization that works to end gun violence through policy change. So I spent a lot of time in Raleigh talking to legislators, meeting legislators, and kind of uh, saw how the place ran and uh, kind of got the bug and really wanted to become a part of that organization. And so when um, maps were redrawn and it was something that might be possible, I threw my hat in the ring. And when we're talking about the 98, and, and what what region does 98 incorporate? Uh, 98 is um, all of Davidson, all of Cornelius, and most of Huntersville, depending on the year that <laughs> you look at the calendar. I think right now it's most of Huntersville still. Um, you just brought up gun control. Mm -hmm. uh, I was looking at the bills, some of the bills that you sponsored mm -hmm. over the uh, course of the two years that you were there. A uh, lot of gun violence bills. You had the um, register assault weapon. You had... Uh, permit, um, assault weapon, long gun, mm -hmm. uh, various things. Uh, a lot of interest with you, passionate about gun control. Uh, why? Why is gun control an issue for you? Yeah, so, um, you know, in 2012, when the Sandy Hook shooting happened, my youngest child was also in first grade. Mm -hmm. And so um, watching those kids be evacuated from the school at Sandy Hook really hit home for me. And so I just looked for a place to get involved and found Mom's Man Action. It was being founded right at that same time. And um, over the time, I got to know a lot of survivors of gun violence, um, whether it was a person, you know, a, a mom who lost a child or, you know, parents or you know, different things. And um, really connected with that part of the, the organization and wanted to be involved to help them find a way um, to change gun laws so that that another family would never have to experience what they went through. You know, it might have been 2021 or 2022, I can't recall, but I'm, I'm riding down the road listening to the radio because I'm into talk radio. That's just what I do. I don't <laughs> listen to a lot of tunes. Uh, I love listening to WSIC and hearing some of the guest commentators. But I'm riding down the road and I'm hearing uh, them talk about how a person in Huntersville has was disappointed that Harris Teeter Kroger was stocking mm -hmm. koozies mm -hmm. that, that had, um, I think it was something, it was around 4th of July, so the koozies had guns on them. And and uh, we were talking about removing them from Harris Teeter and mm -hmm. Kroger, and they did. Mm -hmm. They did remove them. <clears throat> My question, though, is really, um, you know, why not let the market settle that? Because if I'm if I'm going in Harris Teeter and, and there's products on the shelf and I, I'm, I don't care anything about them, or maybe I'm even offended by them. If you don't, if people aren't buying them, well, then they're not going to continue to sell them. Why, sure. why not let the market settle that? Sure. You know, um, when that situation happened, there had been a shooting in a grocery store, I think in Pennsylvania, like the week before, maybe in a few days beforehand. So um, to the folks who kind of asked me to get involved, um, that was shocking to them just because they felt like it was out of place and sort of un insensitive as folks were, you know, every time we have a shooting in a school or a church or a movie theater and everyone's kind of reluctant to go to that place 
after that happened, no matter where it happened. And so folks reach out to me and I think that's kind of where it started. Um, but it's also part of like gun culture and like sort of that way of like reframing, reframing how we think about gun safety and um, thinking about it in terms of, um, you know, guns are great for hunting and for personal safety, but do they need to be in the grocery store or everywhere? And that's, um, that's kind of where that comes from. Um, that's kind of a great, a larger scale issue, but um, really it's about, um, for me, it's about being sensitive to people's, um, you know, issues and concerns and experience even with gun violence. If they've lost someone to gun violence, running into a gun in a place they don't expect it can be traumatizing. I, I certainly would understand if it was in Pennsylvania, you said. Mm -hmm. I certainly would understand not having that in a grocery store in, in Pennsylvania, but that we're not in Pennsylvania. So that, that wasn't really coming up here. And it, it would just strike me that why is that an issue for North Mecklenburg? You know, I was thinking, Anthony, you know, I'm a big South Carolina fan. And if I if I went into Connie Cross's place at Uncommon Sense and 85% of the merchandise was Clemson, I probably <laughs> wouldn't frequent there very often. But the fact of the matter is, as long as she's selling it, as long as there's demand for it, well, so be it. But, uh, you know, in, in terms of product at a grocery store, as long as people are buying it, you know, why should we tell grocery stores or any business they can't sell that? Yeah. And um, of course, we're never telling. We're always asking. But the great part about that uh, situation was um, those particular koozies were put there by a vendor without the grocery store's permission. And so they didn't even know they were there in the first place. So as soon as they were alerted to that, um, they removed them. Anyway, and they probably would have gotten removed if um, on their own had no one brought it up because they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. So, And see, why isn't that in the media? Because that side of the story isn't told at all. Yeah, yeah. I told that side of the story. But, <laughs> you know, that side isn't as glamorous, right? That's not as like, you know, shocking or, you know. You know, another bill that you worked on was the Huntersville Ocular Melanoma mm -hmm. Study, and that that's, uh, has been a big issue in our area. I haven't heard anything recently about oh, that. Right. And what is the current, um, where are we in terms of macular, uh, ocular, melanoma, ocular melanoma here in Huntersville? Where are we on that issue? Yeah, so we haven't had um, as uh, that continuing rise of incidences of that, but um, Senator Marcus and I worked to get some funding to the town of Huntersville, and then um, she worked really hard to get ocular melanoma entered into the cancer consortium as an issue so that the state would study it, because that's, um, you know, really where we need to focus that. But um, if any, you know, issues are continuing to come up, you know, we'll make sure that we're involved and we'll push that back up to the state. Um, but right now, I think we've leveled off, as far as I know. Um, we've kind of, we discussed no this. No new cases that I'm aware of <clears throat> through Dr. Brennan, uh -huh. who was helping us out. And we used the original funds for some soil testing, et cetera, um, at various sites. And uh, no, n didn't find anything there. And I think, as um, the mayor said, ultimately, we wanted to push those funds back to the state. They had the resources we need to track. You know, the key is to try to track where... Um, these cases are so that we can find some commonalities. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, there weren't enough incidents of ocular melanoma in Huntersville to count as what they call a cluster of cancer. Right. And so that's where we had to get creative and, and push them um, over to the cancer consortium for them to keep track. And they are currently tracking it. And if anything happens, I'm, I'm sure they'll let us know and we'll make sure and let them know, too. And, of course, my state legislators, I have their numbers. I'll give them a call, <laughs> too, if we need help from them. Christy, another bill that you sponsored that really caught my attention that that I just loved because I love the title, "That Doggy in the Window is Not for Lease." Uh, that's the that is the short title of the bill. That Doggy in the Window is Not for Lease. Yes, explain that bill. Sure. Uh, so, Representative Wesley Harris had been contacted um, by uh, I think a constituent in um, I think Buncombe County, and that person had kind of fallen prey to. A scheme where a dog store, a pet store, had would lease dogs versus selling them and adopting. Those people were adopting them, so they would lease them, and so the person would have the dog for a period of time, and then they would try and come get the dog and, I guess, repossess the dog. I guess, for lack of a better word, and um, so that that had been happening for a while over there, and so someone finally got fed up, and so we we kind of pitched that bill out there to see if we could do something about it, and um, I don't think the bill ever went anywhere, but. Um, but it got attention on the issue and got attention on that pet store. So, you know, that's always helpful, too. Healthcare for working North Carolinians. Mm -hmm. uh, that was another bill you worked on. Mm, that's Medicaid expansion, which, you know, North Carolina finally 
took Finally. the leap into Medicaid expansion, <laughs> which is really wonderful because that means all those hundreds of thousands of folks that didn't have access to health care now do. And that's a really big issue for me as a cancer survivor. So um, I was I will I was happy that that happened in our state. And, you know, hopefully people are getting the care they need now. And it was a couple of dozen bills. But another one that caught my attention was the teacher pipeline development mm-hmm. bill. Yeah, um, and that was a bill we were um, pushing funds towards universities to um, kind of in, you know help get more students interested in the career of, of public education and education teaching, and so that you know especially in minorities and um, you know that was something we were trying to get folks to get involved in being teachers. We need more teachers over time as our state continues to grow. You sat on the agriculture, the appropriations, the environment, judiciary, and regulatory reform committees. Mm-hmm. Is there anything uh, that you, and I, I was telling you b- before we, we got started, that I can't imagine how frustrating it would be if, if you're the lone, say, Republican on a Democratic county board or in the minority in the House or in the Senate in Raleigh. It's got to be terribly frustrating not being able to bring some things forward. Um can you talk about some things that were highlights, though, of the of the time that you spent in Raleigh? Sure. Um, one of my favorite things was um, we got to tour um, Eastern North Carolina and go see all the um, hog and chicken farms over there and learn about issues that are really relevant to farmers. And that was a lot of fun. That was the Agriculture Committee went as a group. Um, I'm looking back. Um, the Judiciary Committee was where, you know, you establish laws for the state. So that was a great committee to be on um, as we had We've helped to pass the legislation, you know, that allowed for folks to bring back, um, if they were, had been sexually abused as a child, they can bring it back past the standard, the you know, past the time. And so it made it so they could have more opportunity if folks realized they had been sexually abused in child to like have, um, you know, recompense on their their um, person who abused them. Um, that was something that was a Josh Senator or no. Attorney General is what he is. Josh Stein had put forward, and that was a really great one. It was a bipartisan bill, and we worked really hard together to get that one done. Um, the regulatory reform bill was a lot of um, place. It was a lot of fun. Um, I actually, you know, partnered up with a lot of my Republican colleagues on that one because um, there were issues that would come before us that, um, you know, really had a great impact on local level. And so we worked together a lot to make sure things passed that should and things that shouldn't pass didn't pass. Now, when you're in Raleigh, you you had an apartment in Raleigh. I stayed in the Round Holiday Inn, yeah, <laughs> the fancy one. <laughs> and, and Anthony and I've been there many, many a time too. Yeah. Uh, when we we were up there yeah. in Raleigh, yes. Uh, but uh, that's a huge commitment when you decide you're going to go off and serve in the legislature. It is, yeah. I mean, I loved it. I loved being there. Um, it was a lot of hard work, and and um, being in the minority meant I had to get really creative and forge relationships across the aisle. And I think that's really what makes a great legislator anyway. So um, things I got done, no one will ever see or know, and I'll never get credit for them, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> good good things happened. Um, you know, I, I will tell you that what, uh, as recently as December of 2022, I think you were saying that you were making another run for, mm-hmm. for District 98. And I, I got to tell you, I was, I was sort of surprised, uh, but I wasn't shocked. And then when I, I saw you had filed, I, I said, and I, I really, I love Dan Boone. He's a great friend of mine, Derek Partee. But I was thinking, uh, game over uh, <laughs> when, when I saw that filing. Uh, we're going to take a break for our sponsors on Town Talk. Please stay with us and come back, and we're going to talk about some commercial activity. Join us. Yeah, I I, uh, I consider Dan Boone and Derek Partee to be two of <coughs> Close friends, uh, business associates, worked very closely with them over the years. And and um, uh, that filing on that particular day, I'm going like, okay. But uh, what 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 changed your mind? I mean, because obviously uh, the current makeup right now with our former mayor running for the 98 seat, uh, that would have been a very interesting, mm-hmm. formidable race. Mm-hmm. What changed your mind on that? We know working at the elementary school that's like a block away from town hall, um, I've been able to use some of those resources I had in Raleigh to help families there. Um, and seeing that, you know, instant help go into place for folks um, really pushed me to run for mayor because I knew I could do the same thing as mayor and I can even do more. And so, you know, I'm really enjoying um, being local and taking care of local families and local issues and um and I really don't miss driving to Raleigh and staying in that round <laughs> holiday inn. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
Uh, and so, you know, getting to, to be closer to home and take care of my little families around town of Huntersville, that um, if, you know, that's pretty great. Those of you who are streaming with us, again, we, we, we stream live on Facebook and Twitter and See, I, I still say Twitter. I, I, I can't get the X thing. Uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, and, and all of our uh, social media sites. Um, I use this opportunity sometimes to talk about Chamber of Commerce activities. And I talked about the David Dowdy program tomorrow at the Chamber. Um, in February, February 20th, from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, uh, excuse me, 3.30 to 5 o'clock, Jamie Lane with the EDC is going to be talking about Canva, uh, Design Like a Boss, Master Canva. And again, uh, she does a lot of different things that she puts out, helping to mark the, market the EDC. And I've seen so much that she's done. I'm going like, how did you learn to do that? She's oh, I've been doing it for a long time. And I said, can you teach some of us how to do that? So she's going to be at the chamber again, Tuesday, February 20th, 3.30 to 5, Design Like a Boss, Master Canva. Um, this coming Friday, uh, we have our Focus Friday, where we have, we have Senator Sawyer and Representative Bradford. Now, Vicki, uh, Senator Sawyer, is going to be in person. Uh, Representative Bradford is going to be joining us uh, uh, via Zoom. Uh, he's traveling. He's running for a congressional seat, so he's not going to be in person, but it is both an in-person and virtual event. We reached out to Senator Marcus, who uh, is not going to be able to be with us. She is running for a uh, the Commissioner of Insurance. So she's traveling around the state, too, and, and so she's not going to be able to join us. But this coming Friday, 830 to 930, we'll be at the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we encourage anybody who wants to to come join us at the Chamber. And uh, Vicki is the chair of transportation. So we're going to be asking her about a number of those things. Anthony, I got a question of you. I was, I was driving down the road just a couple of days ago, and we had said all along that trucks, tractor trailers, could not use the toll lanes. Mm -hmm. Now, I know this isn't a town of Huntersville issue. <clears throat> it is not something that comes before the town manager. But tractor trailers couldn't use the toll lanes specifically because they the roadbeds mm -hmm. were not created to sustain tractor trailers. Yep. I'm watching a tractor trailer go down the road, uh, you know, and I know that's not something you guys enforce or... Um, but uh, what are they delivering something to town hall? I don't know. <laughs> we uh, we're going back live uh, in about 15 seconds, so uh, I'll leave you with that thought. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I am here with Mayor Christy Clark and Anthony Roberts. He is the town manager for the town of Huntersville, formerly with the town of Cornelius. How many years were you the town manager of Cornelius? I guess if you count assistant and a manager. Yeah, you were both, yeah. 18 years, I guess it would be. Okay. 17, 18, I lose track. 17 or 18 years. And then you've now been here for how long? Going on six years. Going on six years. And, um, you know. <laughs> and they can't have him back. <laughs> aren't, aren't we both, though? Aren't we both? Uh, while we were on break, we were talking to Christy about uh, you were originally thinking about going back after the 98 seat, and, and uh, you decided to, hey, look, I'm going to, I'm going to focus my attention here because you had a, you live here. How long have you lived in Huntersville? Uh, 13 years. 13 14, years. Well, soon to be 14 years, yeah. 14 years. Mm -hmm. um, before we started the show, uh, we were talking about the, the race in Cornelius Davidson, Huntersville. It's a nonpartisan race. Um, so you don't file as Democrat or Republican. There's no primaries. There's no wards. Uh, it's simply, you know, at-large seats. And... We had six Democrats uh, run for commissioner, and one. Uh, we had two Republican, uh, uh, two Republican men running for uh, mayor, and then Christie as a Democrat. So clean sweep, uh, mayor. All commissioners are Democrats. Although at the end of the day, uh, it, it's not a a partisan position. Um, but I was I was talking earlier, you know, John Anarella, I think former town uh, mayor, he uh, I think was a, a former Mecklenburg County chair of the Republican Party. Um, but it's interesting that we have that going on. First off, I thought the Democrats did a fantastic job um, of getting out there and messaging uh, the, the 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 communications, the things going out in the mail. Uh, and then comporting themselves in terms of the the forum, the answers, you know, going in front of the the uh, the, the the folks and getting the message out. And so the messaging mm -hmm. was just fantastic. Yeah, we were pretty well organized, and uh, we're pretty um, sell art, and hopefully we'll stay that way for a long time. Cohesive group of folks who um, you know have the same vision and views, and and if we disagreed about something, we negotiated out until we got down to what we could all agree on, and 
went out there and spread the message. So. Now, Nick Walsh is a former town board member. So he had served, I think, two terms before. I think so. Mm-hmm. Two terms. You had prior experience in, in the NCGA, but not on a town level. But you had five newcomers for the board uh, from a staff position, from a town manager. Because I'm not sure <laughs> in any of your previous boards you had quite that level of turnover. Uh, talk about that, Anthony. I haven't. Actually, you know, um, you, you wonder when you get, you know, seven new folks in, the mayor and, and new board members. I, I will say, though, um, with the mayor and new board, communication from day one has been superb um, amongst themselves and with staff. So that, that makes a world of difference. I have not had, and as we talk about partisan, nonpartisan, um, <clears throat> as a city manager, I've always been unaffiliated mm. for a reason, probably, because, you know, some <laughs> folks, uh, you know, look at RSDs, et cetera. And, um, and I've always been able to work with all of them. Um, obviously, as you know, in previous roles, probably more majority Republicans um, versus um, here uh, this time, uh, majority Democrats, all Democrats. Um, but um, they're all in it for the same reason. Every board member and mayor board member, they're in it for the same reason. They, you know, I assume just like anyone else when they run, they want to do good for the town of Huntersville. And so at the end of the day, no matter what's behind the name, that's what they're trying to achieve. And I will say I have been pleasantly surprised with the new group coming in. And as you said, quite a few of them not involved in politics before or any type of politics. The communication has been like no other. So that has made it very easy for staff to get in there and work with them. And and they've probably been pushing more than any of them but from a standpoint of, you know, let's get the goals set, et cetera. So we, last night at the board meeting, um, went through the goals, and I anticipate adopting those here probably the next meeting or so. But um, they hit the ground running, which is very seldom you see that. So I'm very pleased. I had a reporter from the Business Journal actually called <clears throat> me up about three weeks ago and, and, and asked me about what he I thought was going to be happening in the town. And, and I said, well, you know, given that you had – five new people, completely newcomers uh, to that type of thing. I think there's going to be more reliance, at least initially, on town staff, particularly the you know your planning staff, and they're going to be looking to you for recommendations. As they continue to get down that path, they'll probably become a little bit more independent-minded and um, making more of their own decisions. But I think for at least you know the first six months or so, they're going to be looking very strongly to the, to the town staff. Yeah, and they have. I mean, since day one... Uh, We've been communicating. You know, our first goal is as soon as they get in, to educate them as much as possible on all the projects. You know, projects will uh, start at, you know, two or three boards ago, and some of them have been Main Street started, by my understanding, 20-some years ago. So, you know, some of these projects will outlive me and pass many board members. So we, as soon as they get in, is key is education, education, education on all things we've got going on. And they're very upfront on what they want to achieve from the get-go. And we started moving down that path. So, and, and the other thing, when when we had the forums for the Chamber of Commerce, it seemed that uh, most of them were very pro business. And you mm-hmm. yourself uh, mm-hmm. were recently quoted. Uh, I saw it somewhere that you said Huntersville is open for business. It is, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, um, I want to point to a, a 2018 study from Lake Norman Econo- <clears throat> Economic Development from UNC Charlotte Urban Institute said that 71 percent of taxable real property value was residential property, 29% commercial. And Amanda Dumas, who's new commissioner, she pointed that out and said, we can't be that reliant and that we've got to be looking at a, a better balance and looking at ways to, to focus on opportunities to increase that tax revenue from, from a commercial standpoint. And you too mm-hmm. have talked about how we have to look at the revitalization of the downtown district. Some of that's already started with uh, North State, which is a $60 million investment into downtown. Um, I want to I talk a little bit about that. Where is that project? And then the other key component to downtown is Town Hall. And um, I want to talk about Town Hall next. But first off, where, where is the North State project at? So I'll comment on, on that one. And um, so North State project, as you see, it's uh, maybe some uh Floor four now, as you see construction going on. They're moving. My understanding is that uh, you will see actual people in the building, living in the building by the end of uh, 25. Um, probably more like 24 um, is my understanding so far. The With that project, as you said, $60 million, um, $60 million worth of investment, 
also with that, not only is the residential, but the commercial component. Mm -hmm. And that's the key as we continue to build downtown across the street. I don't know if you visited yet, but probably a $5 million investment brewery, which used to be an old mm -hmm. police station converted to a brewery. And uh, it surely doesn't look like a police station anymore. And mm -hmm. they've really invested a ton of money in downtown. And um, that's what we want to continue to see in downtown. Uh, unless this has changed, 200 residential units and then the ground floor retail. Mm -hmm. And how many square feet is that retail? It's, you know, uh, roughly ten to 12,000 square feet. A town hall, and this is this is going back and forth and back and forth. And, and the last I heard, we, we were going to continue to have town hall and punch punch the back out and uh, expand it that way. Or what's going to happen with town hall? <clears throat> Excuse me, I got maybe the mayor should take this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take well, uh, well, I guess not punch the back out, but um, <clears throat> we have plans to um, build uh, a whole new building right there. Um, the square footage, I always forget the number, but um, 54,000 yeah, 54, square, square feet um, to house all of our staff and everybody in one place and have a bigger cha or bigger chamber for ourselves and um, to meet and invite more. So more folks from the community can join us for our board meetings um, and be you know comfortable and not crammed in or having standard room only type situations. So we're um, going to build a new building. That's the plan. Yes, sir. And where will that go? In the Right behind the uh, existing town hall. Mm -hmm. Four okay. stories. Right behind, uh, you know, the... Where John opposite. Foster's in the yep. old Napa Auto Parks. Yes, yep, so, yep, so, okay. yep. And the courtyard in between. So if you go out the back door, which is not much to see, a little small courtyard will be expanded. And then there'll be a four-story building mm -hmm. right behind that. Yep. I have to tell you, in 1997, when uh, Ed Humphreys, who was the town manager at the time, uh, and uh, Randy can. Uh, Quillen. Randy Quillen took me down and they showed me in 1997, this, this is where we're going to put town hall, the current town hall. I, I thought then, that was 27, 26 years ago, I said, this is too small. And they said, no, 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 no. It's, it's much bigger than wh what you think. And, and no, it's, it's too small. It's too small. When we had your, when you guys came into office uh, at that particular one in December, that meeting, I, uh, People were sitting out in, in the uh, the foyer because yep. they we we didn't have enough room. Mm -hmm. I actually stayed through your swearing in, but then I left because it, it was just I couldn't even see. <laughs> right, uh, there was yeah. that many people there and in, uh, crowded into town hall. Sure, it's yeah. like that all the time now. Mm -hmm. With so much business going on in town, so it's constantly overcrowded. Yeah, anytime there's a big issue or you know a big subject, you know that room, the front room where the chambers fills up, and then people extend out into the lobby. Um, so thank goodness for streaming so people can join us from there. Uh, got 60 seconds before we, we go to a break. Uh, Joey Logano, a project that was being done by Trinell, mm -hmm. uh, which is going to be at the intersection of Hambright and Mount Holly, Huntersville Road. Mm -hmm. That's a 70-acre mixed-use project. Where is that in terms of development? Um, <clears throat> construction is supposed to start on 2024, um, towards the end of 2024. Um, that is a lot of commercial, uh, retail, industrial Flex space uh, and also um, single family, multifamily, et cetera. Yeah, I know they're working through getting all their um, eyes dotted and T's crossed to get everything ready so that they can get underway and break ground. When we come back, I want to talk about Burkdale Place and uh, Burkdale, and then I want to talk about some transportation improvement projects. We have uh, Mayor Christy Clark here and Anthony Roberts, our town manager. Stay with us on Town Talk. We'll be right back. Those of you who are streaming with us on Facebook, uh, we're going to talk about some Chamber of Commerce projects again. We talked about in the last segment, uh, our Focus Friday, which is coming up on this coming Friday. We have a brand new public policy chair. Beth Cashin is our public policy chair. Jeff Tard is now the chair of the Chamber of Commerce. Beth uh, is a former commissioner with the, with the town of Davidson. You worked with her mm -hmm. uh, when you were in Raleigh. Uh, but Beth and I are going to be working together, putting together some of those programs. Actually, Beth's putting them together. Uh, our February 16th uh, program is going to be focusing on Town Hall, where we have our three mayors coming to speak to us. So we've got Rusty and Woody, and they're going to be joining you, Christy, and yep. we're going to talk about what's going on. Again, that's 830 to 930. That will be in person. But for those of you who cannot attend, we will have a virtual component to that as well. Uh, March 15th, 830 to 930. Beth wanted to keep it local. One of the things that Jeff did, because he had ties in with the legislature, we we had a whole bunch of, of federal and state folks that we tapped. Um, but Beth wants to bring it down to a more local level. So March 15th, we're going to have a focus on our local police department. So we've got our police chiefs 
that are going to be with us on March 15th, 830 to 930. Um, Thursday, February 15th, one of the things that we do when we were talking about schools a little while ago, for the last, I don't know, six or seven years, we have we have recognized the outstanding educators. And so we're going to have a program on February 15th where we recognize the outstanding uh, educator for Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools, the outstanding educator for uh, the charter schools, and then also for our private schools. And again, we have a committee that looks at those people. And it's very hard to pick one teacher. Um, and I actually had a school, I remember last year, that said, um, all of our teachers are outstanding and we simply won't pick one. Okay, well... That, that's fine. But uh, we do want to recognize those individuals. We have Chris Marsicano, who is the Assistant Professor of Educational Studies and Public Policy at Davidson College. He's going to be our keynote speaker. So uh, welcome, Chris. He is the founding director of Crisis Initiative at Davidson College. Uh, graduate of Davidson, and he earned his PhD from Vanderbilt and holds a Master of Public Policy from Duke University. So Got a lot of accolades, $35, and you can register that online. Those of you who are streaming with us, we're going back live in about 10 seconds. Call now to speak with Lake Norman Chamber President Bill Russell at 844-STUDIO-4. It's Town Talk on 105.9, 100.7-WSIC. And we're back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I'm here with Mayor Christy Clark and Anthony Roberts, our town ma- uh, manager. Uh, I want to talk, before we get into transportation projects, uh, Burkdale Place. Uh, I think that was approved last year. Uh, yep. So that's moving forward. That's in front of Burkdale. Uh, they've got a, a planned multi-use pedestrian family, 140-room uh, hotel coming. Um, what can you tell us about Burkdale Place? Mary, yeah, I just, um, I mean, I think we all just saw they announced Napa at Providence. The restaurant is, is going to be there as well. So I think I've already heard from some friends and family. They're pretty excited about that happening. So I think bringing that fresh restaurant to Hunters will be wonderful. Um, Anthony, last year, the board, uh, Burkdale with North American Properties put forward a plan to, to expand and do some things with phase two, uh, that didn't make it through the town board it's likely coming up again before the board. So Christy can't comment on that. <laughs> uh, I had the opportunity and I think you had the opportunity to go down to, uh, Alpharetta, Georgia to Avalon, which was sort of the model for what they wanted to do. And, and, um, the chamber of commerce, uh, we we came out in support of that. It, I, I think that that is a fantastic project. Uh, I, I was talking to uh, folks last week that uh, Christmas time, I went to Burkdale, went over to Kilwins, got my fudge, sat down, ate some of the fudge, watching the kids uh, ice skate, and not just kids, the adults and the folks ice skating around there, then the Santa Claus and uh, some of the things that were being planned there that people just couldn't see during uh, the last time it came before the board is now done. And so they made some improvements already and doing a, a, a great job over there with Burtdale. So we'll wait and see what, what that comes out in terms of your board several months from now. Um, I want to talk about transportation because uh, you can't go anywhere in Huntersville without really running into some orange barrels out there. Uh, 115, I saw that a lot of that's been done. We've got some new roundabouts that are in place uh, down there at Mount Holly Huntersville Road where I go and, and um over at the 7-Eleven, so we've got that. Been some widening taking place at 115. 21, a lot of construction going on at 21 and at Gilead. And then Samford Road. They hadn't started anything there, but it's coming down the pike. What can you tell us about some of these projects that have wrapped and those that are going to be taking place, Mayor? Yeah, so um, we have the, our 21 and Gilead is underway and um, expected completion um, in twenty, hopefully in 2025, but possibly 2016. Like I think it does depend on the weather, right? Um, Gilead and I-77 interchange is underway. Um, of course, 73 widening is going to be um, a big project and the right-of-way um, acquisition is going on right now. Um, they're working on that. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Um, 73 and I-77 exchange also in works. And uh, Gilead Road from the post office to 115 is something we're talking about. Um DOT wants to widen it. The town's not so much a big fan of that. And so we're trying to figure out if there's a compromise in there somewhere. Yeah, I think the mayor is right. I mean, there's a lot of barrels in Huntersville right now, but there's a lot of projects that are in the works. You know, you got to buy a right of way, you got to engineer it, you got to move utilities and those kind of things. So 73, all of 73 pretty much is already in right of way acquisition. What I would say is construction will probably be 
when we say 26, 27, that would be towards the end of 26, probably the beginning of 27, on those various legs of 73. Uh, and then the interchange itself is going to be revamped. That's probably 27, 28 time frame. So if you're uh, concerned about orange barrels right now, uh, maybe you need to invest in orange barrels because there's going to be more orange orange barrels. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. It's, it a, it's a very good thing for development and, and all the different uh, projects that we've got coming to town that, or that's already under construction. But. Well, we know relief is on its way. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. And, uh, you know, it had to happen. Uh, I was talking to Justin this morning that, you know, growth is inevitable. It's occurring. It's coming our way. Uh, in, in 1990, we had 3,000 people. Uh, today, we are approaching, what, 70,000 people yep. mm -hmm. close to it. So tremendous amount of growth is, is coming to, to Huntersville. It will continue to come. And what you guys as elected officials and you as staff and we as the business community, we have to make sure that we're putting things in place to meet those those needs that we're going to have. That's right. Um, you know, when we're talking about uh, some of the transportation plans, um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was was the bond package that was recently uh, mm -hmm. approved. We had a $50 million transportation bond Eight million parks and recreation bond. Um, if we had not been able to achieve that, and I think what did it pass by seventy percent? What was it? Yep, I think uh, Mayor probably knows the numbers better than me. Yep, seventy-seven percent of seventy-seven percent, mm -hmm, which we were the highest um, turnout for our bonds in the state of any municipality. So we did a good job getting the message out. You know, that was one of the things that that we kind of heard throughout all of the candidates. I don't recall a single candidate saying they didn't approve. The, the transportation bonds, because if we had not approved those, these projects we're talking about would have stopped. Very well. We would have had yeah. to make the new board when they came in would have had to make some decisions because you got as as we talked about earlier, you got projects in various stages from right away. You know that costs money to design, et cetera. So all those different phases continue to add up, and it's not good when you stop a project after you spent millions upon millions right. of dollars. So. Yeah. A, a thing that you had to tackle right off the bat that was a huge issue that kind of got booted on down the road was the fire department mm -hmm. um, and, and making sure that we paid some of those officers and we were able to bring in, we were able to compete. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we have to make sure that we, I mean, if, if there's one thing that people expect for their taxes, it's being protected mm -hmm. by the police department and the fire department. But talk about what the decision you made <clears throat> with the fire department. Sure. Um, you know, um, if you look around Huntersville, it's growing rapidly and there's a lot of places to protect. But we also um, were competing with our surrounding fire departments for staff to come to Huntersville and they just weren't going to do it anymore. You know, they had other opportunities for them um, that were more balanced and they could balance their family and work life better than adding on this um, part time volunteer situation. And um, the chief came to the town and expressed his concern and need for um, us to make a change. And then it turns out we are one of the only municipalities of our size left in the state who hadn't created a municipal fire department. So as we start putting those pieces together, it makes sense. Um, and if we would have maintained our other way of doing it, you know, we had a risk of um, getting in the weeds of this, of this issue is like dropping our ISO rating for our fire department, which would have been bad for everybody in Huntersville because that would have made all of our homeowners insurance have to go up because our ISO fire department rating had gone down. And so this will prevent that from happening. And that'll at least, um, you know, kind of balance out with what's happening with the current requests from insurance companies and the insurance commission. Did I read it was funding 14 officers? Is that what I read? 18, actually. 18, 18, 18 officers and uh, the and, chief, so 19 chief. total. Mm -hmm. uh, another big thing, we just recently saw the retirement of Jack Seminole. I, I was, uh, on a selfish note, I was on the original committee that helped pick Jack a long time ago. He has been an outstanding planning director. Um, Christy, he was he was somebody that could could uh, go head to head and talk with the commercial folks, but he could also sit down with Farmer Brown and explain to Farmer Brown why he wasn't in compliance and the things that he needed to do or she needed to do to make sure that they could move their, their plans forward. Mm -hmm. So outstanding planning director. But uh, Jack Seminole stepping down, Brian Richards coming on board. Chief Benz Hoyle uh, stepping down and, and Major Bayer Graham, mm -hmm. now the police chief. So you've had some turnover in staff. And, uh, of course, they they had great mentors. They've been uh, moved along. And so you got that. But you've got some wonderful people in place. Janet Pearson, Bobby Williams, Jackie Huffman, 
Jackie, the preeminent, you you stole her from Cornelius and brought her with you, but uh, talk about your staff. Well, you know, I'm only as good as my staff. So, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you probably follow major companies, what makes them good is the staff and, and what makes Huntersville great is, is the staff. And so I've always been able to surround myself with uh, much more intelligent people than me. So <laughs> that's what I try to do. And uh, the people you mentioned, uh, Jack Semino, uh, Ben's Hall, I mean, they're hard to replace. Sure. But they have tutored the individuals underneath them, and it was a easy, easy pick um, to pick the, the gentleman underneath of both of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, missed both of those guys. Um, love to have them. You know, they can only work so long. I think Jack was in a, seemed like 40 years, and Vince was probably up there 35 or 40 years. And so Vince, they probably need to retire. And, uh, if I could uh, bring Jack back on a part-time basis, I'm going to try to help out. But um, they have mentored the people underneath sure. them well. So we will be in great hands. Brian will do an exceptional job. And uh, Major Graham's been doing it forever, too. He'll do an exceptional job. And as far as Jackie, um, I don't need to say anything about her. She is, obviously, I think I've spent most of my life mm-hmm. uh, with her, more time with my wife, maybe her second. But um, <laughs> just from her work, I mean, she's unbelievable. And Bobby bringing him back. He worked in Huntersville um, some years ago and bringing him back uh, was a great plug and play. Sure. So great yeah. staff. Yeah, we can, I think we have the, probably the best staff of any municipality up here in North Mech. And they're great um, partners um, to the town board and to me as well to help us as all these projects get moving forward. You know, we're, we're a big team now and it's, it's a really good, really good place to be. Christy, we talk a lot about the 2040 plan, mm-hmm. uh, which is your Bible for development. Uh, what is the 2040 plan for people who may not know what we're talking about? Yeah, the 2040 plan is, is the roadmap or the guide about how we want Huntersville to grow and develop it, develop along the way. And it just shows us like where we should put and focus our energies and efforts. And so, you know, 115 is um, and 73 are big business corridors. And then the farther you get out from there um, becomes more rural and more residential and more focused on kind of family life as we go away from there. That's kind of the the easy way to look. But it has plans for everything from roads to environments to greenways to um, anything you can think of um, is in there. Our downtown is part of it, even though it has a separate downtown plan, too. So it's our it's our roadmap. We've got about 45 seconds left. Uh, are there any positions that you haven't filled in terms of citizen involvement? We have a lot of advisory boards. Um, we actually just started one for environmental sustainability, and we're accepting applications for that one. But of course, if anyone's interested in volunteering with the town, they should go ahead and fill out an application now because we will keep keep their application on file um, in case we have an unexpected opening. And they can find that information on the website at Huntersville.org. Yep, Huntersville.org. Correct. And a new website is launching on January 31st. We're excited about that, so keep your eye out. You have been listening to Mayor Christy Clark and Town Manager Anthony Roberts. Thank you both for being here today. If it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk, WSIC. We'll see you next week. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.